14 minutes it is after 7 p.m. Welcome to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. And uh, and uh, yeah, great to be with you this evening. Big thank you to the team at Metro FM Sport Night Amplified. They're back with us uh, tomorrow evening, giving us the latest on the fields, in the boardrooms, uh, in the change rooms uh, and uh, pitch side uh, in the world of sport. And uh, of course, a lot uh, set to happen. World Cup out in Qatar. Uh, the Springboks continue with uh, their tour and they also know in the world of cricket a test series coming up soon and uh, in many other sporting codes as well. A lot expected uh, before we close things off uh, this year. So do join them tomorrow evening as they bring you the latest. And of course, uh, we understand tomorrow is Thursday. So they also go down memory lane and you certainly don't want to miss uh, that discussion. Tonight, we check in with Professor Eddie Webster. Is it the end of the labor movement? and its ability to influence very particular forms of social change. we look at that tonight and uh, try and make sense of the latest insofar as that is concerned. I'd love to hear from you. Do let us know. And uh, we'll uh, also be checking in uh, with Markwe um, Masilela, Chief Investment Officer and Founder out at Markwe Fund Managers. In the latest company news, we saw some numbers coming through from Woolworths. Also saw some uh, six-month numbers from MediClinic. And uh, yeah, they've ho- held off on a dividend there. Uh, on the back of uh, a looming takeover of MediClinic uh, by one of their biggest shareholders, Remgro, and also a shipping group or a subsidiary of the shipping group MSC, the Mediterranean Shipping Company. And we'll be uh, making sense of that tonight. And the sabotage out at ESCOM. So you don't want to miss that in our business wrap. And uh, you might have some views on this. I mean, a worker employed by a maintenance company out at the power station. And, uh, you know, are, are we supposed to worry now? Are we supposed to worry, we are doing maintenance uh, during the pandemic when we had all of these issues and whatever. It was the perfect opportunity and uh, lower demand to undertake uh, much needed maintenance. And, you know, we rest assured. We say, yeah, if you're going to maintain the older plants, then maybe, you know, their efficacy and their functionality might be a lot better than what we've seen in the past. Um, But if that maintenance also involves, you know... um, contractors who are charged with this maintenance who have no scruples you know and even escom officials who are saying to these contractors can get emotion pa can get spanera pa so that so we will promise you more maintenance contracts to fix what might not have been wrong is that where we are so yeah we'd love to hear your thoughts on this 060 Zero three. That is our WhatsApp number. Also going to be joined tonight by Mzamo Zlamini, uh, who is uh, all the way out in the community of Amatiba uh, in uh, Kolobini. And they're going to be speaking to him. Uh, Constitutional Court granting mining companies leave to appeal directly uh, uh, with um, the, well, I guess, appeal a Western Cape High Court order, which found that slap suits were an abuse and a subversion of processes and inconsistent with constitutional values. We're going to talk about this. Uh, the strategic litigation against public participation, slap suits. Uh, and uh, yeah, this in the context of um, uh, Australian mining company Mineral Commodities and the South African subsidiary Mineral Sands Resources, uh, who um, instituted charges against environmental lawyers Christine Riddell and Tracy Davies and uh, community activists Mzamo Zamini, John Clark and uh, Cormac Cullinan. We're going to talk about that tonight. In our headline segment, going to be joined all the way uh, from Lamshabum Sewasamambundwini by Zamo Zamini, who will speak to us tonight.
in our headlines segment. So that's what we have coming up. Also going to be checking in with some communities, uh, uh, informal traders out in Limpopo as well. Uh, We'll be checking in with their stories and uh, also, I guess, the latest insofar as payouts to uh, military veterans of their pensions and other benefits. And uh, going to be bringing you those stories from our newsroom here at The Public Broadcaster. Apo sinipagela zonke semateni kweli lizweka zili Afrika. Sinitulele kweli tuunga kuba siyasazi sisu so maambi ya singakana ningu mshonzo nga semfa. Sinikablange ninga fingundo zobawo kule pegile seilepu za makwebo kwebo no kotosho. Kuba wacho no tambo watindlela yoki ngobu talu talu ulimza nza Afrika kukufakulua mvila. Kwi ekonomi yayo. Senza londo ketina singabando na bomkruba. Singabando na benzaka. Singamatola nyonga ande kuzelana. Singabando na bakulange nembe kakasjegeche. Sazalwa sinamazinyo. Singamakteba omga. Kwa singamakteba omtio kaka umnuma. Sisisuglu wanaska mkayo lilinga penda bozuko. Sisisuglu wanasi mbongi kazu nuntizi mkweto. Kwa ikelemita isasluga nisayo yag chanja pe Afrika. Kuba galoku singama Afrika asembo tina. Kwa ye watu mangu chana singa isusa na nini na kasi yibanga le ekonomi. 22 minutes it is after 7pm. We check in with the latest out in the markets. And joining me now on the line is uh, Makwe Masilela, Chief Investment Officer and Founder out at Makwe Fund Managers. Lochan, Makwe, Gunjan. Ah, mean, a big day out in the world of retail. We saw Woods and Spa put out some numbers as well. Let's start there. What do you make, I guess, of the environment uh, as uh, trading resumes in earnest um, in the period under review? And uh, in particular, for Woolworths, who certainly, um, you know, a few reporting periods ago weren't on a good wicket. I remember when Ian Moyer was there, uh, even the Australia operations weren't doing too well. And it seems now they're blowing the lights out much better than even where we were before COVID-19. Definitely there's some serious improvement when it comes to the retail sector. And if we just maybe quickly looking into food, we know that more than 50% of our people spend more than 50% of their money on food. And if maybe we can quickly just go back to what we've seen with the shopper results, we continue to see that even the lower LSM spend money on that mm. end when it comes to electrical spa. The South African supermarkets continue to do well, but Poland was a damper. But with wool, as we know, it's a mixture. They've got food, and then they've got fashion, uh, what you call it, fashion, beauty, and home. But yes, they've seen when you look at their group turnover and sales, up to 3.3%. I mean, that's a good thing. I mean, the return of customers to the physical stores resulted in substantial increase when it comes to the brick and mortar sales. And obviously, then if that happens, then it's not surprising to see some declines when it comes to online sales. But the fusion in to home business had a strong start to the year with turnover of sales also double digit. And you look into their food business, turnover sales up over 7%. And this would not withstand uh, the disruption caused by the low cherry, which mm. has had a pronounced impact. You know, I'm not sure if people are aware that, you know, when there's low cherry, they are only at food because they don't do your fresh stuff. You know, that chicken that you guys love, then they don't cook it because of low cherry and the pie stuff like that. So, yeah, as well, we've seen an increased weight, you know, for corn sales, you know, and the significant mm. increase when it comes to diesel costs required to support trade. 
during the extended power outages. I'm saying as it stands now, whether you look into the uh, the retail sales numbers, whether you look into the body uh, quality, the extension of credit to consumers, whether you look at unsecured loans, it shows that as much as consumers are struggling, they find ways to go and get money some more so that they can continue to live. And hence, we still continue to see this uptick when it comes to people going out there buying whatever that they need to be buying. But I'm not too impressed with their financial services because we've seen there's some uptick, and but now looking to the impairments, the rate increased by 6.2%. Why? A lot of new business and credit card advances, so it only makes sense that your impairments will be high. And the Australian guys, I guess to some extent it was expected. Remember, the previous period, they had that extended lockdown. So that they joined your country road and also they are reducing the space there. So we see a nice uptake. People are eager, whether we factor that or not, but people are eager to go out there and do the necessary shopping. Mm. For the past three years, people couldn't do that. So it's working to their favor, but we've seen that ShopRite is continuing to eat some off when we lunch, especially when it comes to the higher LSF. Mm. The other element that I'm always interested in when we look at the Woolworths numbers is how that fashion, beauty, and home business here in South Africa has done. Uh, and they say they had a strong start to the year. Turnover and concession sales up double digit, uh, just over 10% uh, for both. Uh, but also, I guess, um, indicating that... Um, you know, when they look at this, uh, some clearance sales as well were down over 20% in South Africa um, yeah. and some significant price movements there. I mean, is this too early to call? But does the signal uh, a return, I guess, of uh, Woolworths' fashion, beauty and home business? And if so, I mean, what might account for that? I think it does, you know, especially if you look into, as you said, the clearance sales down. I mean, if you don't have two markdown prices, people continue to buy, whether because we've got new ranges, you know, stuff like that, mm. then that says something. And that price movement averaging 11.1%, that remains very positive and impacted by that successful implementation of that uh, strategy that they have to now move away from the markdown reduction. And the trading space was reduced as well when it comes to that. The long and short IA, we know we've been buying clothes, but we undermine the fact that during COVID, other people lost or gained weight. Mm. So one way or the other, for the fact that you don't maybe ignoring that something is out of fashion, one way or the other, you are forced, you know, to go and buy something if you can afford it. And always remember, they've got accounts, so it's easy. And you know, this thing with Woolworth, people go there, go into the kill, they pay the account immediately, they use that credit. Hmm. Talk to me about that financial services business, talking about credit there, because I guess the, the other element that many retailers are doing is that becomes not only the platform for credit or the issue of credit cards or buying of merchandise and inventory on credit, uh, but also a massive data gathering point insofar as the rewards uh, programs of some of these entities are concerned. How has that performed? Doing very well, and we know that people looking value for money, people looking to save where they can, and if you are in what program, it's up to scratch, and we've seen the Woolworths one so far has been doing great. So, yeah, it continues to get people to go and buy. And, you know, 
these guys are doing it in such a way that there are some other items that you qualify for them if you've got that reward card. So why don't you get a reward card? Because it's for free anyway, and it saves you money at some point. And we've seen it's not just only working with Woolworths, but almost all the retailers, they have this reward program. So I think it's something that, yes, it's going to be working for them in the long run. Also, if you look into the financial services, you know, I won't be surprised that at some point you'll get a financial institution trying to start selling some of their investment or whatever insurance products mm. through Woolworth. It's, it's possible. Look at that tie that you've just seen with MTN and Sunlam. So I'm saying anything is possible, especially if you've got a very good book and you've got a book that I, as a financial institution, think that, you know what, this is my clientele. Why not partner with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess if you're looking for the high-end book, um, you probably are going to find much more high-end consumers in the rewards program of Woolworths than maybe you might find, say, in the rewards program of uh, Pick and Pay or Boxer. Definitely, because that's your higher LSM. But also, with the guys who are saying, selling the lower LSM products, then they can still target your likes of your Pick and Pay or whatever. Look what happened with Checkers Money Market. They are now trying to offer more services. Very soon, they can easily convert into a bank themselves. Mm, mm. Then let's shift away from retail just for a second. Mediclinic uh, put out their uh, interim numbers as well uh, in the last while. I don't know what you make of uh, this set of numbers uh, uh, here, Mark, where I think as things opened up, or so too one would think was the space for elective surgeries. And we know that that is the more sort of better margin type work than maybe, uh, I guess, you know, um, admitting people for COVID, vaccinations and so on. Yeah, that point in back as we're saying that, you know, they were restricted at some point. And it's not just because of elective surgery. Remember, during COVID, I mean, an institution like a hospital, they had to spend more when it comes to safety because ordinarily people are coming there are sick anyway. So there was a huge expense as well when it comes to that. And I think we have to understand their reasoning for not paying a dividend because of that transaction that they are looking into. And it's not only them, we've seen with this deal as well, because of the deal with him again, the guys are not declaring a dividend yet. Group revenue increasing by 10%, not too bad. But also if you look into their headline earnings per share, up 28% yeah, operating profit unfortunately was down. But if you look into their margins, you know, their adjusted EBITDA managed to go up by almost 14.2. We know it's sitting at 14.2. It's still lower than what we've seen the previous period of 15.8, but it's not too bad. And I guess for the likes of Remgro approaching this guy that we want to buy you, they know that going forward without the likes of COVID, these are the kind of businesses that will continue to print money not a nice thing to say because they yeah. only make money when people are sick but reality is people they will, will always be sick people will get sick i mean we know we know the truth around that mark um yeah. and i think um a very interesting play there and uh, one uh, will uh, watch quite closely what later happens insofar as that um potential around MediClinic. Just from what you know, I mean, is the intention here on the part of Remgro and uh, SAS Shipping, which is a subsidiary of MSC, to uh, buy all of the shares in the entity and delist it? Definitely, because remember, already there are shareholders Remgro, so they're buying already what they don't own, and definitely they will delist that. So that's the way to go. 
maybe they themselves at some point they will also delist. I mean, mm. all this is that they are doing, look what they did do, the discovery, the story, you know, the distribution of their shares as well when it comes to your momentum, stuff like that, the sale of the sale as well. So I won't be surprised that they themselves ultimately will leave there. What's the thinking behind that? I mean, why, why would they want to do that? Why would they want to delist? You know, sometimes I, it's good for us as investors to be there because we disclose everything. But you as the owner of the company, sometimes it has to be constrained. Yes, people are mentioning costs, but costs for a company like that is just... They're not, they're not they're either here or there, you know. Mm. The, problem, the problematic thing is that you get to be scrutinized all the way. And as a result, some of the strategies that you try to implement, you have to give us guidelines, timelines. You miss that timeline, then people react by selling your shares. Mm. So I think the scrutiny becomes just, just too much. And truth be told, why are you listing a company? main reason is to raise money. Mm. That's the reason why you leave the company. So if you don't have to raise capital, why should you continue? That's very selfish because yeah, pension funds, stuff like that, private individuals, they're not going to be able to benefit you know, from that particular company. But you as the owner, who comes first? As the owner, it comes first. Mm. Who comes first? Like, listen, I cannot handle this scrutiny and by all means, I'm better off probably off the other screen, then let me do what I'm doing quietly, then it's perfectly held. Mm. And I don't need the capital. Makwe, hmm. let's shift our attention to Nigeria. Devaluation on the, of the Naira on the cards. Um, maybe just for the benefit of some of our listeners who might not know. Uh, because, you know, sometimes w- w- when you're in South Africa, you assume every country operates a floating exchange rate. Um, and a floating exchange rate is one where there's no, like, peg or there's no fixed exchange rate of one currency to the next. And in Nigeria, they operate a very interesting yet complicated mechanism of multiple <laughs> exchange rates. How does that work? Basically, okay, remember the likes of MTN had an issue with getting their money out of the country. That tells you that Nigeria are very strict and they've got this rationing when it comes to the dollars. So that's the problem. So what business do then they operate another black market, another market which they call a black market, where they can freely be able to get the, the money that they need. So now you look at the difference between the official one and the one that is operated in the black market. There's a huge difference. And all because you can easily assume that the black market one is floating freely compared to the official one. So now the guys that trying to align the official one and the black market one. Remember, last year the bank already devalued the currency by 7.6%. And then now, this is according to the survey. It's not official that the guys will do that. Investors, analysts, they think that come February after the elections, the new guys, especially if you get the guy who's more business-friendly, then definitely they'll have to do that for the sake of business. And the advantages and disadvantages are to this whole thing. Remember, when you devalue your currency, then it means you can start maybe, uh, what do you call it, benefiting your exports. Then that will also impact your trade deficit and also the interest that you are paying on your government debt. But that's inflationary in its nature. And a country like Nigeria, which is also a net importer, and also it lowers their purchasing power of consumers. So 
there are pros and cons to this whole thing. But the question here is, unlike the rent, which is floating freely in Nigeria, you've got the rationing when it comes to dollars. Mm. And a good example is the stories that you've seen with the likes of MTN. And I think at some point, shopper checkers as well struggled. We know, Mark, that the bulk of the exports are oil and gas from Nigeria. Um, yes. And those exports are sold in U.S. dollar. So yes. why the rationing then of U.S. dollars? Or is the expectation that when the prices of those things are low, that there might be a shortage of dollars to meet the things that they might need to import uh, from other places in the world? Yeah, but remember, those guys, the revenue, the majority of that is coming in dollars, meaning they're selling in dollars. But the expenditure is in Naira. So that will have a material impact when it comes to the fiscal balance. Basically, it will improve the fiscal balance. Yes, but I think the the question I'm asking is, why would you then ration dollars, which is the denomination in which you receive your revenue? It's not enough. Remember, as much as Nigeria does producing oil, we've seen when it comes to OPEC that Nigeria is one of those countries that is unable to meet its quotas to produce what it's supposed to produce because of the rebels, whatever it is, because of lack of investment when it comes to the industry. So they're not even realizing the full potential. Probably, if the guys maybe they were realizing their full potential, then there might not be a need for them to ration dollars because they'll be getting enough dollars into the economy. Ah, okay. All right. Last one uh, here, Makwe, and uh, yeah, I guess the story of Eskom um, <laughs> And it seems we are yet to come to the part of uh, Daba, as people often say, because what's this now? Maintenance contractor uh, messing up boilers intentionally so that they can get uh, other contracts. I have to get more work. If you are doing maintenance, if you are doing repairs, things have to break. If they are not breaking, you are not being called out. Doesn't so let it sense. break once. Let's break it so that, and apparently, the contractors themselves, the guys who are employing the poor guy, they said they were promised more work, you know, so the guy had to do what he had to do. And I think the sooner they also get the internal guys, meaning the guys who are directly employed by ESCOM, the better. And also to dig deep into this whole thing, because this might be something that has been happening, not only to that power station. This might be happening maybe in our in other power stations. So this whole of sabotage, I don't think it can only be squarely on just one contractor, one power station. I think this whole thing is deep. And it's not only in ESCO, even other contractors who are involved in maintenance or so when it comes to government institutions. You're supposed to go and close a pothole, but you don't close it in such a way that it lasts forever. You close it in such a way that the rains come, then that pothole is back. That's what they say, you know, about mechanics. They say, you know, uh, mechanics don't fix your car in a way that can make the solution they've given you durable. They fix it so that you can come back in access. You know, it doesn't make it right, but I think this is right.
And I think other industries, they also have to check that themselves. Mamako, let's leave it here for tonight. I don't know how we're going to fix this ESCOM issue. Sure, sure. Makwe Masilela, Chief Investment Officer and Founder out at Makwe Fund Managers, helping us with our wrap of the top business stories.